This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hey, 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 thank you so much, mindful listeners, for spending a little part of your day with us. Um, All right, I'm just going to show you, or tell you, I should say, the episode title, Using Mindfulness, perfect, perfect, perfect for this show, right? Using Mindfulness to Battle Lyme Disease. Okay, I am an active practitioner. I have a private practice in West Hollywood, California. I see patients all the time. I am... First of all, not a Lyme literate doctor, and guess what the best thing is? I know that, but I have to tell you, um, I go to continuing education conferences. I understand this disease. I have people that have uh, come in that have battled this disease. It is uh, still somewhat of a mystery from a diagnostic perspective, from a treatment perspective, but I actually have somebody here um, who works with injury, pain, and Lyme disease. Uh, she is, her name is Shona Curley. She lives in San Francisco with her family and their odd duck of a cat. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, she co-owns um, Hasti Pilates, uh, a Pilates studio and body work studio focusing on rehabilitation. And so Lyme is part of that. I know she has a personal story. Shona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so this is a big issue. Um in, in, in my community, in my system of medicine, um, Lyme disease. But before we get into anything about Lyme disease, especially using mindfulness to help people heal and some other guidance you have for them, tell me about your cat. My cat. Unfortunately, my cat is getting really old, so she's just, she just is an odd duck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's extremely affectionate and very particular, and she just has a very strong personality. Yeah, I've had cats my entire life, and um, I mean, many iterations of them, and um, we have two now, and I, I, this one cat, exactly, she, I would say, uh, she is a little bit of an odd duck, and very affectionate, but on her terms, for sure, Um, (laughs) completely obsessed with every single faucet in the house. Um, Oh my God, that's interesting. Yes. She is. She's water driven for sure. She like some 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 dogs have ball drive. She has water drive. It's it's pretty uh, intense to see. But all right, talk to me about your personal experience with Lyme because um, I have heard it up and down. It can be devastating, especially if gone undetected. If you haven't had a great diagnostician, sort of just go, okay, we got to rule this out because you know of your history and how this might be a contributing factor. Yeah, tell me. Well, I think as far as I know in terms of the Lyme community that I'm a part of, almost nobody meets that practitioner right off the bat. And I'm not aware of anybody, honestly, that I've met or heard of that got diagnosed right away. It's taken most people I know anywhere between 2 and 15 to 20 years to become diagnosed. Yeah. And luckily, I think that, you know, there's more about it out there now. There's more people talking about it. It's easier to find it in the Google search if you're Googling your symptoms. But still, the testing and the diagnosis that's covered by insurance and available through conventional medicine is not cutting it. It's just not, it's not finding so many cases, leaving so many people undiagnosed. And even yeah. the people that it does diagnose often don't respond well to the treatment that's offered. So it's a long right, winding because, road for just about yeah. anyone. I would say, yes, I think the conventional testing and diagnostics are still very limited. And if you get more into functional Mm -hmm. testing with not only 
tick-borne illnesses, but the co-infections as well, you get um, you get down to the nitty-gritty and understand the it, it, you know the extent of the infection um, and the the yeah. particularness of the infection, and it's so much more helpful. Um, but I think that we've got to, as practitioners, still keep focusing on the patient. And as medicine, you know, you know, it's differential diagnosis and ruling things in and ruling things out. And you can't just exhaust your search or think your search has been exhausted just because that's all you got. You know, there has to be able to be second opinions. There has to be able to be other systems of medicine that can be taken in. Uh, there has to be referrals in, and and people. I think from a from a practitioner perspective, need to have a little humility and go. You know what? I don't know what's going on. Obviously, you're not. You're still not well. You know, let me help you get to somebody who might. I just don't think that's happening yet, unfortunately, in the world of I conventional agree. medicine. I think people exhaust their resources, and if they're determined, they start spending their own money, and then you can see some results. But even then, you might cycle through several practitioners, which I did, before finding someone who sees the picture that you're presenting as Lyme disease, possibly, you know, it's just, yeah. And then if the disease to figure out. Yeah. And if your practitioner gives up and just goes, well, you might, you must just have fibromyalgia. (laughs) You have some sort of umbrella diagnosis that means absolutely nothing, you know, either that or chronic fatigue. (laughs) And we still, that just doesn't do us anything. I mean, I always say, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of diagnosis in the first place, um, I always, you know, what's the mechanism behind the diagnosis? What's happening at the tissue level? What's going on? What are the changes? What are the contributing factors? And so, yeah, I mean, the expense, I think, is I- I- enormous if you continue to figure, you know, try to figure out and be your own advocate. Um, and so what were some of, what did you bump into finally that actually helped you? And how did you get diagnosed? Well, you know, honestly, my I was pretty lucky. I was bitten, I believe, in 2014 in the summer of 2014, and I didn't really get sick until 2015. In 2015, I, I, you know, realized something was actually seriously wrong and started looking for answers. What were you experiencing? And all the, mostly just a prolonged feeling of having the flu that would, Uh it would have like a three-week on and off cycle. I would be really sick and down with like fever and everything for a couple of weeks, and then I would get better. And then I would have like three days of feeling fine, and then I would just get sick again. So it was just this ongoing cyclical flu, which is pretty hard to understand. You know, it yeah. just felt like I kept catching respiratory illnesses. Yeah. Um, and then it, it got into my GI, and I started having nausea and diarrhea and difficulty, you know, wanting to eat anything. And that just got kind of worse and worse. Um, but I think that I was lucky in part because I was raised by a couple of people who really do believe in natural medicine. So Mm. I had that on my radar. So I went through my insurance and conventional medicine, did all the testing, was told I was perfectly healthy, (laughs) which was clearly not true. (laughs) And I, you know, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't want more invasive tests done. And that was the route that they were offering. And I just, I just could feel that it was, that that wasn't, I, I knew it wasn't cancer. I just knew it wasn't cancer. I knew it wasn't, I knew I didn't need like a colonoscopy. I knew it was, I just had a feeling it was an infection. I thought maybe it was a virus, but I just had this feeling that it was a foreign body. Yeah. So I went to an acupuncturist slash naturopath who also didn't know that it was Lyme and 
didn't really have anything that could help me. And I saw another naturopath after that who also didn't diagnose it correctly and didn't really help me. And then finally I found a Lyme literate naturopath who I'm still working with. Great. Who was like, well, you've never had a tick bite, have you? And I was like, yes, I have. Like I've been telling everybody. I did yeah. have a tick bite before this all started. So, you know, he ran the test right away and we got the correct diagnosis. And since then, it, it, I would not say it's been smooth sailing, but at least it's been forward progress, you know? Right. And so you live in San Francisco. So you live in California. We're regulated here as naturopathic doctors. And so naturopath, we had to leave to the uh, public domain. So you actually saw a licensed naturopathic doctor that was able to finally figure out that this was actually an infection of a tick-borne um, illness. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And so finally, you're on the path, right? You've been bumping around like kind of pathless, I would say, and then you're on the path. What are some of the treatments and lifestyle? And then let's get into how, you know, you mentioned brain training and meditation, how those came in as far as being mindful and helping battle Lyme. Well, the years where I didn't have a diagnosis, I really was on my own to figure out how to make myself feel better. And luckily, like I said, I come from a history of a certain amount of natural medicine and diet awareness, supplement awareness. So I started doing massive amounts of research and changed my diet to the AIP diet mm-hmm. right off the bat, like summer of 2015, I changed my diet. And that so was for the listeners, of- that's the autoimmune paleo diet. And you can look that up online, easy peasy, and just understand what it excludes and how it can help heal. It's a big step. I mean, it was yep. even I ate very healthy, but still changing to AIP was a a really big step for me, but within two days, my symptoms were 50% better. Yeah. So that, honestly, of everything I've ever done, diet and meditation have been the two things that have worked immediately. <laughs> and I haven't had to wait months and months for it to kind of slowly help me out. Yeah. Wow. So, so I started with diet, then I started adding supplements. It all helped a little bit. And then I was turned on to Annie Hopper's system of DNRS, you know who she is? Dynamic Sure, of retreat. course. Yeah. Okay. So someone introduced That's one great. of my naturopaths introduced me to her work. And I found her incredibly inspiring. You know, her story of developing chemical sensitivities and her work with people with those umbrella conditions of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue who haven't, you know, I think a lot of the people that see her and work with her have not had a concrete root cause diagnosis, but they're still getting results with her brain training work. So that was really inspiring to me that I didn't necessarily have to know exactly what kind of infection I had, but I could still work with my brain to help my body start to, you know, find its way back to harmony. And I mean, she basically teaches a meditation system. So I started practicing DNRS and it was really helpful for me. It would not say that it cured Lyme disease for me, but it helped me through the day in a way that was really, really wonderfully supportive. And um, so I I took her work and kind of began to run with it on my own, given I have a background in physiology and anatomy and movement. I started off as a dancer, and I've owned a Pilates studio now for the last 10 years that works with chronic pain and rehab. So I I don't know, I started playing with my own brain in terms of what systems I could feel or visualize in my own body that felt as though they were not functioning harmoniously. And how could I use language and imagery to, instead of panicking about the dysfunction that I could sense and feel, 
to instead visualize and use language to kind of train harmony back into those systems. And the first time I ever did it, I just was working with my pituitary gland lying on the bed. And as when I first laid down, I was having a full-blown Lyme panic attack, which is hmm. a thing. You know, now I know I'm not alone. Just about everybody that has Lyme has those experiences. Right. But wow. at the time, I, you know, I, part of what was so scary is having no idea. I never had panic before in my life. And I was being told by doctors that I had an anxiety disorder, which just seemed bizarre to me that out of nowhere I would develop a crippling anxiety disorder. It just made, didn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I was lying in the bed and I started to feel into my pituitary gland. And somehow going in there and feeling into that gland and using some imagery and some language to, to sort of tell it to send the right hormones and you know, endocrine signaling to my thyroid and my adrenals, which both felt more than wacky, you know? Just I probably spent an hour lying there and just playing with visualization, and it absolutely got rid of the panic attack. And when I got up, I actually even had some energy and was able to come up and cook dinner, So, which at the time was a really big deal to be able to cook dinner for my kids. Yeah. So, that, it just kind of blew my mind, like, okay, even if I don't know what's wrong with me, even if I don't have a really good diagnosis or doctor who I can rely on yet, I can use my own brain to help my body find its way back to more stability. Oh, so, nice. long story short, I kept working on these kinds of meditations for a long time. I wrote them, I rewrote them, I recorded them on my phone, I started listening to them in the middle of the night. And they helped me. They were a way for me to practice DNRS that was specific to me and what my body responded to. Um, and they made me feel good. They made me feel as though I were being creative, as though I were empowered, you know, that I had some sense of agency over what was happening to me. Nice. And then when I finally got diagnosed with Lyme and realized it was not just me that had these panic attacks, it was not just me that couldn't sleep at night. You know, it's not just me whose lymphatic drainage system is completely blocked up. Right, right, body. right. <laughs> I went ahead and recorded the meditations with a good friend of mine who's a producer and a musician and put them out there on my website. So yeah, so I should say for the meditation. listeners, um, her website, so those meditations are right there. Redkitemeditations.com is the website. So make sure that you understand that as a resource for sure, especially those of you that have been infected or affected by Lyme disease. And so what other resources um, can you tell people to help protect themselves from, first of all, the tick itself um, and or yeah. accurate testing that you feel like you have stumbled upon and as well, a Lyme literate doctor. And what does that actually mean when we say that? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if there's like a agreed upon definition of what a Lyme literate doctor would be, but there definitely are lists available online of doctors who are considered Lyme literate. And basically it means they know how to get you tested and they know how to at least embark upon a treatment plan with you. And, exactly. you know, most people I know who have struggled with Lyme or are healing Lyme wind up working with more than one doctor over the course of their healing process. Um, but at least you can get tested and kick off the program. You know? <laughs> and I would say uh, LymeDisease.org is a great resource for finding Lyme literate doctors. And also, I think it's ILADS, I-L-A-D-S.com. Right. I can't remember what that stands for. But I, that's another resource that will give you Lyme literate doctors and lists in your area of people who can work with Lyme. 
Okay, excellent. And in so terms that's of IL- tick bite, yeah, go. I I believe so. ILADS. I should have looked it up before talking to you. That's okay. <laughs> International. If you go to ILADS. <laughs> yeah, Lyme disease treatment. They definitely have, but um, they it, it'll give you it'll it'll give it'll start the search for sure. But um, those are great resources. And yeah, so tick bites because let's let's identify let's like prevention yeah. is the cure. Prevention is yeah, and ticks are spreading. They're I think they're in all but two counties in California at this point. Yeah. So and they're in just about every state as far as I know. So. Really, nobody is safe from these horrible bacterial infections and parasitic infections that ticks carry. Um, so what I do at this point is just spray down myself and my kids with essential oils before we spend time outside. And I, unfortunately, I keep my kids from playing in long grass and sitting on wood piles and sitting on old stone walls because that's where you're going to yeah. find ticks, long grass, damp stone walls, damp piles of wood. Um, what, but the essential um, oils Shona, are actually quite effective. Yeah, what 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 essential oils do you use? I what I use is rosemary, lemon, citronella, lavender. Um, okay. But there are other essential oils that are also effective. They seem to all have some kind of bug repelling properties, and yeah, so nice? I just sort of invent my own yeah. bug repellent and just make sure it's pretty darn stinky and reapply. And I just leave the bottle sitting out and keep spraying myself and my kids, especially around the feet. If we're outdoors. Yeah, it's great. You bring up some great points. And, and I, I go ahead. Oh, well, one more thing is, if you do get a tick bite, what you can do is pull it out with tweezers, stick it in a ziploc, and mail it off to there's uh, testmytick.com. I believe is an organization that will take the tick and test it for every possible bacteria or parasitic infection that it's carrying. And that way, you know what you were exposed to right off the bat. Yeah, testmytick.com. Interesting. I'd never heard of that, but taking the actual, uh, the actual little bugger and sending it off and having them that test it, and you might have, and, and so that that will help the journey of diagnosis is understanding what to look for. You know, I had a 37 year old come in, yeah, um, to come into my practice, and he had been finally after years and years and years of being sick, diagnosed with a tick-borne illness, and was on antibiotics for two and a half years and it never resolved really. And I finally, he, he just, he had such a great constitution and such an amazing creative person in the world. And, you know, I always, I always like, okay, the body is meant to heal itself. So why, you know, we've got this immune system. So I finally started to go down the path of immunodeficiency in some way, like, Hey, um, you know, what is going on? Like, is there, and he, he did, he had an immunoglobulin deficiency, um, and so he didn't have the ability actually to mount a response. And so there are all sorts of things. And I think the, the, the a couple just sort of points that I want to point out to the listeners is I, I think the principle of naturopathic medicine, one of them, um, uh, you know, the healing power of nature, the vis, uh, your body does have an innate ability to heal. And if it's not, don't don't let any doctor stop. Don't you stop, you know, understand contributing factors. Obviously there's a lot of things going on in our modern day society that could contribute to us feeling fatigued or, you know, immune compromise and kind of having like this extended, like flu like symptoms all the time. Sure. Those things that you can clean up in your diet and lifestyle, go ahead and do that. But there are, if it's still persistent, let's just not stop and let's get you appropriately diagnosed and, um, 
just remember this is one of those things that is still um, not too recognized in my opinion um, uh, appropriately by conventional medicine and you might need to go see somebody else as a naturopathic doctor etc but um, be your own but be your own advocate and and Shona thank you once again so much I mean being able to stumble upon the brain training and meditation and helping you heal from really a chronic disease and such a devastating one if especially if it takes a long time to be diagnosed and then finally start treatment. Um, and once again, listeners, for your um, resource, redkitemeditations.com is Shona's website, and then her Hasti, H-A-S-T-I, Pilates, um, up in San Francisco. Uh, stop in and say hi, especially if you've got some uh, chronic uh, pain, Lyme, and or need of re- rehabilitation. So Shona, thanks so much for sharing your story. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. All right. So essential oils, we got to keep talking about them, too, because talk about something using the least invasive methods to diagnose and treat. Try to use that before using DEET. All right. Mindful listeners, thanks again, and we are going to see you next time.